Welcome to the Love and Life Podcast, Sexuality and Intimacy for Today's Christian Woman. I am your hostess, Mariah Young. I would like to be your guide to a better sex life and becoming a sensual, purposeful woman of God. From a young age, I have had many things happen to me with my sexual life as well as made choices that have really kind of screwed up my love life for my marriage. But God has redeemed and healed so many of those wounds from my past and really given me a tangible, hands-on way to grow in my sexuality and intimacy with my husband. You may be able to relate to my story and... I believe that God has given me a way to help others as well. I would be honored if you would join me on this journey. My hope is that in each podcast, you'll get a couple of nuggets that will help you to grow into the woman that God wants you to be in your sexuality and intimacy with the love and life. Hey there, welcome back. Here we are on podcast four. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that may not seem big to you guys, but for me, it's pretty big. It's somewhat surreal still. And if you're still with me, thanks. I'm so glad you're here. We've been looking at the first three steps of changing your mindset, and today we're on step two, which is really seeing your spouse. So my lovelies, this is a really important skill, and I call it a skill because it actually takes practice. When we are tired, exhausted, busy with work, kids, keeping the house up, making dinners, cleaning, life, really just life. And when we're angry at our spouse or any of these things, when we're just kind of in the hustle and bustle, sometimes we feel like, you know, we're two ships in the same sea, but we never cross paths, really. This happens a lot. This is normal. I want you to hear that first. But it can be really easy for us to not look at our spouses in a good way during this time. Boy, believe me, I know. During this time, all we tend to see is the negative, all of it. We see the way he fill in the blank, dresses. Maybe he stinks after something, you know, maybe he has to change shirts five or six times a day. And not only is that annoying because you have to clean so many shirts, but how does he go through that much in the first place? Or maybe he talks too much or not enough. What about his dirty laundry? Like, can't he just take that over to the basket that's 10 steps away? You might not see your own, (laughs) but you see his. You do the laundry most of the time. So it's okay if you do it. But if he does it, I mean, come on. Maybe you're only seeing that he doesn't help. Maybe with the kids' homework, with the kids themselves, the house. You know, we bought this place together or we rent this place together. Aren't we supposed to keep it up together? Why do I always end up doing everything? Or maybe you don't feel like he listens to you. Maybe he's always trying to solve everything that you tell him. So maybe you don't like talking to him anymore. When we are not in the right place with our mind, it is so easy for us to pick our husbands apart. If your love tank is not full, something we will definitely talk about when we talk about the five love languages, it is especially difficult to not see all the negative in your spouse. Because on top of just feeling annoyed and frustrated and tired and exhausted, you also don't feel loved. Hollywood and the world does not help with this either. 
I mean, have you watched any sitcoms lately? Just turn to something that's supposed to be for the family even. And you'll see dads who are really stupid. I mean, it makes me so angry when I see how they portray these men. They basically can't think for themselves. And how often do the dads get outsmarted by the kids, either in the kids' schemes or the kids know better than the dad. And oh my gosh, it's terrible. Or the dad jokes. Okay, so that is a real thing. Dad jokes really do exist. I get that. But come on. Do we really have to make men look that dumb really often? They are chauvinistic and not just a little bit, like a lot. Or they're womanizers because they're handsome, they look good, they smell good, they speak well. They get away with murder. Come on, ladies. Would we really let our husbands treat us like that? No way. There's no way we would allow them to do these things that you see some of these guys doing to every woman they come in contact with. Or they're romantic. They're not womanizers. They're not chauvinistic, but they're really romantic. They're sensitive. They listen to the women. They got these plots perfectly set up for them so that in the end, they get the lady. You know what? Our guys cannot win with this no matter what. Whichever image that we see men as, our guys can't win. If it's the too romantic, our guys can't be romantic enough and we compare them all the time to this. If it's chauvinistic, we tend to see them that way and we think in their minds they must be thinking that way. On top of that, marriage is depicted as sad, depressing. They aren't getting any sex. The old ball and chain is something we hear so often. Just watch a sitcom and watch how the guys talk about how their marriage is. They don't see marriage as a good thing. We're beginning to see rays of light in TV shows that do value relationships and marriage, and that brings lots of hope. But they're still far and few in between. But I will tell you, from my own experience, I know that the images that we see on TV, however it is, all of those ways, chauvinistic to romantic, womanizer to stupid, all these things can completely penetrate our minds for how we approach our own spouses. It's important to recognize if you are in this habit because it's a destructive one for your marriage. I know I did it with my spouse and having complete arguments with him in my head. And in my head, he would react the way that I thought he should react based on the things that I was watching and things that I was seeing. So a Lifetime movie, he might react something like abusing me or becoming overly defensive and us fighting or leaving me. Knowing how you treat your spouse based on how you see men is important to really seeing your spouse. The enemy does not want you to have a successful marriage because he knows the impact that you will have once you can live in the full confidence and joy that God has for you in your marriage. So I actually do want to take you through a little bit of mind work. What I want you to do right now, you can close your eyes or you can leave them open, but I don't want you to be distracted. Picture a little boy. If you have a son, a nephew, a friend's child, great, picture that little boy. Here's what I want you to do. I actually want you to watch his mama. Watch this little boy as she nurtures him growing up. Think of this little boy first, as a baby, sweet little baby that you can hold in your hand, the feet touch your elbow. They have that sweet, soft baby head that you just want to rub your head on. 
they smell amazing unless they you know just took a poop but (laughs) they smell like baby smell that wonderful powdery smell they have their bath soap that smells so good they're in their cuddly pajamas they're warm they're just a delight this little boy is fun you love it when they smile and they coo and then they start laughing oh there just is nothing like that sweet little baby and everything they do we just get so excited about oh they discovered their feet oh they're putting their fingers in their mouth oh they're just so cute even when they cry Maybe if they're not crying incessantly, that's no fun. But hopefully, once you get that figured out and they're only crying when they have a need, oh, they're just so stinking cute. That perfect upside down smile that babies tend to do when they cry. And they're just so little. That cry is so tiny. I mean, you just can't even help but have your heart melt, right? And then they're toddlers. Oh my goodness, toddlers at terrible twos when they have so much energy and yet they're training. They don't know right from wrong. They don't know what's going to hurt them, what's not. And so we're training them. And even in that crazy terrible twos, threes, they're so stinking cute. I mean, you just can't get enough of them. You can tickle them. You can wrestle with them. You can show them all kinds of new things. And they're so cute. When I get to teach in the preschool at my church, I tell you what, ladies, it's not my favorite to teach (laughs) because they have so much energy. And I'm just like, I don't even know what to do with that anymore now that I have teenagers. But those cheeks and those chubby, cute little bodies, oh my goodness, like they're just so awesome. They're so cute. And they're funny. They're starting to get their personalities. They're playing around with jokes. They're really, truly coming into who they're going to be someday. And sometimes those strong personality types don't look so cute when they're little, but they are important as they get older. Oh, and then think of elementary. The first time mom sends the baby off to school. It doesn't matter if it's first child, last child. It don't matter. Every time we cry, you just can't help it. You cannot help it. Like all of a sudden, this little baby that was in your arms is all grown up and going to school. And maybe you're sending them on the bus. Maybe you're taking them there yourself. It doesn't matter. It's all hard. But with elementary comes so many cool things. The new accomplishments, the art pieces they bring home for you that are just so precious. Even if it's just the handprint turkey, we just love it and we cherish it and we keep it. We want their excellent graded tests. We want all of it. We want to see their talent shows. They're growing. They're getting so big. Their little personalities are really showing now. Wow, they really are becoming who they're going to be. And it's just so much fun to watch. But there's tough stuff with the elementary age too. Maybe they have a teacher that they don't get along with. Maybe they have a learning disability that you didn't know about and so now they're struggling in school. Maybe they're dealing with bullying for the first time and you're just heartbroken watching your poor little one go through some of these difficult times. Even if they have friends, even if they don't have bullying. I mean this is an age where kids can just be mean and catty and they don't know how to have friendships so they're learning and so we watch our kids go through these tough times. And then they become teenagers. And oh my goodness, I honestly didn't think I'd ever think teenagers were cute. But they are cute. 
They're funny. They're hilarious. You can now talk about big things with them, important things, and you should be talking about it with them. They're learning so much. I mean, if they learn a lot in their like younger age with the toddlers and stuff, they're learning, I think, just as much as teenagers. They're learning to become independent. They're learning how to have you trust them. They're learning to drive. They're learning that now the decisions that they make could potentially have an effect on their future. There's so much pressure on these kids to do so much. Sports, get good grades, work, drive. And it's also tough. Oh my gosh, the hormones. Whoo, crazy. (laughs) Can we just say it? It is crazy town. And believe me, I believe there should be support groups for parents of teenagers because whoa, that's crazy town, both for the parents And for the teenagers, like honestly, there have been times when I have told my child, I do not know how you're going to make it out of this alive, but we will figure it out. And then moms get to watch their boys fall in love. Oh, this is the most bittersweet time. You get to watch your son pull away from you and mom becomes less important. And yet... It's also beautiful. Like I have had more joy from the puppy love of my kids than almost anything. I mean, that just makes me fall in love with my husband even more because it makes me think of all the times that we had as teenagers as we were high school sweethearts. And I just watch it and it's just tender and it's precious. And you have to be careful not to fall in love with every girl they bring home because you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, at this point, they're young (laughs) and each girl seems like they could possibly be the one to them. And you get to navigate them through the pains, the heartache that comes with the breakup and just watch them as they hurt. And as they get older, as you're starting to see like, wow, I think this could really be the one. You get that hope for like grandkids and you really hope that this woman is going to love your son the way he deserves to be loved, the way you love him even more than how you love him. And now, I want you to see your husband. Yes, it may not be as perfect as the scenario that I laid out. There's dysfunction in there. There's traumas that happen. Life happens. But that is your husband. He is that boy. I want you to look at him through a different lens. And there's three things before I let you go that I want you to try and look at him through these lenses. Number one, he is a child of God. Number two, He is somebody's son. And number three, he is the man that you fell in love with at some point. Here is your homework. I want you for this week to try and see the positive in your husband. Try to look at him through God's lens. See how much God loves him. He is particularly fond of your husband. I'm going to leave you with a quick prayer. Dear Dad, help us this week to open our eyes. Help us to see our husbands the way that you see them. Give us your rose-colored glasses. Help us to remember he is your child. Dad, I want you to take away the world's image that we have in our heads, whatever that is. Help us to see them in a different way. Help us to take away those ugly, negative, stupid images and put in place what you see. Also, help us remember the man we fell in love with, our husbands. Help us to remember how amazing they are. 
help us to just remember the things that they do do for our family, for us. As we go forward this week, do truly help us specifically to see the positive. Thank you, Dad. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me again on the Love and Life podcast. See you next time. Bye. What is the most important thing to know about sex? All of it. Really though, as I was working out the order of my course, I wished I could just do an upload from my brain directly to yours. All the information, all at once. One fee, one upload, boom, done. As it is, it just doesn't work that way. Sad face. And when wanting to know how to have the best sex life and get the most pleasure, there is no shortcut. For women's brains, everything is in there, in one room, shouting over the other, and all of these things work together to either make your sex life amazing or terrible. The players can be the past, present, future, disappointments, trauma, pain, anger at God, your to-do list, frustration with your spouse, what to make for dinner, who is doing the carpool next week, hubby's addictions, your addictions, We don't have separate rooms for each thing in our lives like men do. You know, a work room, home room, a sex room, a nothing room. Oh man, do I wish I had one of those. Over the years of screwing up with my sex life, I have had to put a lot of things into place. I have done a lot of research and have learned a ton. I thought these things were just things that every other woman in the world knew and I was just clueless. But as I started talking to other women, I found out that wasn't true. Many didn't know these things either, especially in the Christian world. It does make sense to me though when I remember all the things I found when I was looking up how to get the mysterious big O. Yuck, talk about having to be really careful about where you were looking. Well, I have done both the research and the practical application. Not too scientifically though, and I can tell you it has been an unexpected journey to really get to a place of where I can say we have a great sex life. Not perfect, but great. Let me help you sift through all that it takes to get to that place. Let me be your tour guide to becoming a sensual woman of God that he wants you to be using the holistic method that he gave me for this journey. I will help you find the destination where you too can say that you and your spouse have a great sex life. Join me for the Love and Life Marvelous Mind Twist course coming February 14th.